Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, and welcome to the Morning Show podcast. We have another big show for you. Delta Goodrum, the fabulous Delta, is here to tell us about her new album. And Stone, the Flame and Crows, Ray Ma drops by as Home and Away celebrates a massive new honour. But first, reality TV royalty Bethany Frankel is best remembered as a real housewife of New York. But now she's throwing out the rule book with a big new TV gig. Well, Bethany Frankel is no shrinking violet, and why should she be? After chasing a Hollywood dream in her 20s, Bethany built a career from the ground up, earning global recognition on The Real Housewives of New York. But there's more to this megastar than champagne and red carpets, that's for sure. Philanthropist, entrepreneur, producer, Bethany understands there is more to business than show business. And now she's back on the small screen with her brand new show. Now, this self-made mega mogul is on the hunt for a second in charge to help run her growing empire. So do you think you would have what it takes to impress Bethany? Let's take a look at her new show. These projects are designed to put someone to the test. Where's my video? You know what? This is a disaster. <laughs> Bethany Frankel joins us live now from Connecticut. We've got so much to talk to you about. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to see you. Uh, congrats on this new show. You're a real pro at this TV thing now, but this time around it's your business and your brand. How high are the stakes, do you feel? It's authentic. It's couldn't be higher stakes because I need to find this person. It's been a need for a while. Now we've created a show around this concept, and this person has to work with me and be with me every day and want to commit to me, and there's a trust there's a level of trust that needs to be there with someone that you're allowing into your home, into your work around my daughter. So it's very important to me. My life is personal and business is very intertwined. So it becomes more important than just walking into an office and interfacing with someone. What are you like as a boss? We saw just a little glimpse then. You seem pretty tough. I'm pretty tough. I'm intense. I am always ahead of everyone else in I'm just on top of it. I don't drop balls. I don't procrastinate. I'm on top of things. So you need to try to keep up, which is the most challenging part. I am tough but fair. People, I let people do their own thing, meaning it doesn't matter if you're on the phone. It doesn't matter if you work from home or in the office or what you are doing on your own time. I'm not looking at people's nine to five or punching them into and out of a clock. They have to just get their work done. But by no means am I sugarcoating it and by no means is it easy. I would never, ever misrepresent that. 
Now, can we just talk girl stuff? Your wardrobe from this series is making headlines. I just saw a whole sequin outfit. It looked awesome. So your boss lady looks are quite incredible. Do you get to keep these styles or is this from your own wardrobe? This is all from my own closet. All of it's my own closet. I uh, worked with a woman who just came over to help me organize and shop my own closet. But I think it is important that the show is truthful. And yeah, I all of this stuff is in my closet. Some of it's from, most of it is from past seasons. A lot of it's on sale. Um, I sh don't shop for the moment. I just sort of buy things that I like and I keep them in my closet until there's a moment for them to make an appearance. So I'm not precious about fashion in that way. And I've gotten much leaner during the pandemic. I really only like to keep what's really good, but I'm not caught up in trends or what's in or what everyone's doing or where. I just like what feels good. Okay. <laughs> now, we have spent hours and hours trawling through your Instagram. We found some great throwbacks. Uh, talk us through. What was your first job? My first job, I worked at a bakery uh, in high school in order to be able to pay for a party that I wanted to have at my house. I worked at a clothing store in Manhattan. I worked as a cocktail waitress in Boston. I've worked as a hostess at um, in Beverly Hills where I ended up meeting Paris and Nikki Hilton's mom and I ended up babysitting and nannying them and working for her. I met Kyle from the Beverly Hills Housewives there. I met uh, the woman who would get me the job working for Linda and Jerry Bruckheimer, the big movie producer. Uh, and his successful wife. So I have had a lot of different jobs. Personal assistant, I've produced events for Lauren Michaels, and I've, I've been an assistant. I've done, everything I've done is more intense than what I'm asking these people to do. I can say that I will never <laughs> ask these people to do what I have and had to do. So I know from that side what it is. Yeah. When you're not filming, you've got a relief organization and that's called Be Strong. You actually played a hand in COVID relief efforts. Um, how is it in the US at the moment for you? You're in Connecticut, we can see that. Uh, how are things there now for you? Well, our entry point was into PPE and I didn't expect to get this deeply involved, but we ended up distributing more than $20 million in PPE nationwide to fire stations, police departments, governments in all 50 states in the United States. Uh, we have now reached $100 million in worldwide aid and we were uh, very involved in the Australia fires and the California fires. We've been to Puerto Rico many times with planes going in and out. I think it's 53 planes going in and 53 planes out with uh, distraught passengers and barge barges and cargo ships. And we, um, we've basically been around the world doing uh, disaster relief. So it's been amazing, but we definitely touched Australia. Yeah. Okay, now you're helping the nation. You have your own show in which you hire and fire people. We know at least of one other person who uh, did the same and ended up in the big leather chair in, in the White House. <laughs> Politics for you in the future. Any thoughts? I really don't think that I would be good at politics. I am very rogue. I don't love playing by rules. Um, often when we're having to deal with governments and bureaucracy, we can't get anything done in the relief world. Uh, maybe that is not the way it is in politics. I don't actually know. But I don't like the blame game, and that seems like politics is a lot of the blame game. And this is not a joke. I'm really in pajamas 95% of my life, and I don't think that would work in the political landscape. So I just don't think that I would actually be graded. I, my, I had an ex that told me, you should run for mayor of New York because the subways would never be running more smoothly. Like, I could do the job. <laughs>
but I don't know that it would be good for me. Or I don't want to be focused on how much people like me or don't like me. That's why I'm able to be this way on the show. You know, Donald Trump you know, made it like he's all knowing and perfect and he never has any flaws in his life or in his business during that show. Whereas I'm showing that I'm imperfect, my business isn't perfect, and we need this. So yeah. it's just a, a little more of a flawed character. Well, we understand understand the current president spends about 95% of his time in pyjamas anyway, so you're still in the running as far as we're concerned. Great to see you this morning. Thanks Thank for joining you. us. You can stream The Big Shot with Bethany on Hey You Now. It's a huge day for one of our dear friends, Delta Goodrum, dear, because dear she has just released her brand new album called Bridge Over Troubled Dreams, featuring the singles Billionaire and Solid Gold. Now, while every album is a personal journey for an artist, for this new project, Delta is taking us inside the music, releasing her first ever book, which reveals a side to the singer that we have never seen before. And Delta Goodrum joins us live. Hello. Hello. What a big Happy day. Happy album day. Yeah, it's what a day. This is your is sixth album, but the it first is. ever book. Mm. It is, yes. Take us, take us inside what that's all about. Well, be... while I was writing the record at the piano, in, in this kind of moment of saying, I'm not going to go to the computer, I just want it to be about the instrument, I'm going to sit here until my fingers continue to play everything, dance on the piano, and even if, it just, even if it's just solitary confinement, yeah. hanging here, playing, playing. And, and as I was sitting there and I, I had my co-writers, Marla or Matt, we, we sat there and would talk, 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 and I'd share all these stories because I decided to go back to the very start. Mm. And as the stories would start to evolve and I'd share them, I thought, I've never shared these. We wrote, started to write them down with the song. So you'd say a concept of the song, a chapter of life. And then I thought, well, after all these years of, of sharing things with people, it'd be nice to go deeper and have a record that, that kind of went into lessons learned. And, wow. And, um, yeah. I mean, typically singer-songwriters like to have a bit of mystery around their yeah. music and mm -hmm. the interpretation is via the listener. For sure. How important was it, I guess, to tell these stories behind the words? For sure, I think that, I, and, and once music is out there, it really is somebody else's. Like yeah. it's it's my album that I'm so proud of it and written from my heart. But then when it goes out into the world, you hope that it comes a piece of their heart. But in order to have that truthfulness and get to those core feelings, um, and this album was just a lot more literal. I kind of just wanted to be transparent about it. I'm quite a metaphorical writer in general. I love the mystery. I love the fantasy. I love creating on a tour. I love the sort of magic of what you can. Uh, create in sound and vision and but this one I just I wanted to add that tactile energy of a book mm. that felt like you were taking home a, an album booklet like the the CD. Mm. Yeah, that's How great. many did you sign? That's oh my god. <laughs> Thank you for asking because production line. It was a lot. There was a, we I mean hours and hours. I think we were it was like 8000 um, we got we on, only on one day could we get through you know I think it was four or five but we but we we were we were a team we had the, the tunes pumping wow <laughs> so I mean there's past relationships there's the paralysis you had with your tongue yes yes relationship with Elton John yes yep what are the, what's the one that people will be most surprised to hear do you think well it's interesting I mean a lot of people have been bringing up um, the dear Elton chapter which is obviously the song on the record that it was really a reflection of my love with music and. Elton John being one of the very first artists that reached out to me as a young artist and gave me that encouragement. And I think that um, that's been a, and something people have been um, asking me about, but, mm -hmm. but that's beautiful and mm -hmm. he's a piano master. Mm -hmm. um, Crash has definitely been a, a conversation, but I think that when you go and you dive into it, 
There's something for everyone. There's, there's really light-hearted moments. There's talking about, you know, all of my friends talking about the relationship of work balance and home and yeah. jumping countries. And yeah. and um, then I think about Kill Them With Kindness, talking about what it is to, to go viral or experience to have those moments of what do you do in these scenarios. So I kind of loved diving into all wow. the different aspects. Yeah. Obviously, Paralyze is a deep dive into yes. the reset and where this record came from, but... Mm. And yeah. the fear of not coming back, mm. I would imagine. For sure. You know, yeah. it, was a, it was a really, um, you know, a unique moment in time. But I know a lot of people go through communication challenges. And uh, I always remind myself when that video went out there and people started sharing their stories, how important it is to have shared experiences again. Okay. So, Dilda, as this new album and yes. book... Yes. gets a little personal. We wanted to get even more personal. Because, you know, a whole book yeah. about your life isn't enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just Wrap little, well, at least you know there's more to learn. You know, we've got yeah. so many layers. Yeah. <laughs> this is a little game we like to call... <laughs> oh, wow! Look at those photos! Oh my God! <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, so that was Larry and I yep. as teenagers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we share, we, you guys are amazing. You've got to uh, show mm. us some of your teenage photos before oh, we. Can get we do to, that at the end? I bet you they're kind of really. This is about good. Delta. Right, <laughs> here, you, we'll have a look at Matt's. Uh, oh, have you got the teenagers? Just a bit. Oh. Hey. Oh, of course, you like really cool. Oh my God. Okay. Oh, nice smoldering. Oh, there you go. That was the family shot. That one reminds me of when you're running. Like it has that. You know. I used to wear that one. It's still cute. This is how the game works, Delta. We're going back in time, back to when you were a teenager, to find out what a young teenager Delta. Well, I was a teenager on Innocent Eyes, but yes. Here's the first one. Who was your first celebrity crush? The truth is, it was the movie Casper when he turned into the human at the end, Devon Sauer. That's my very first crush, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, the can I keep the, you? The, the right, end. the right. And the, I, yeah. I'm going to have to go back ghost, and have another look. Uh, actual, not the ghost, like at the end, he turns into the person. It's very romantic. Okay, very beautiful. Uh, perfume, signature scent. Do you, did you have one? Look, I think it was the 90s and uh, Impulse was the thing that most right. people were... <laughs> All over? Yeah. In your school bag? In the yes, school bag? school, yeah. for sure. I had Spice Girl, um, Spice Girl uh, lunch boxes and silver chair pencil cases or something I had. Oh, no, maybe I think I wrote um, uh, Daniel Johns' name on, on oh, some wow, of them. Wow, wow. <laughs> Did you ever have posters? Were you a poster on the wall kind of girl or not? No, and I'll, I'll turn all... Uh, I actually had the... Well... I wasn't really I wasn't really a poster person on wall, but maybe when I when I opened my cupboard I got to start I started to a bit later, but yeah. no, I didn't I didn't what, have posters. What was on there? Well, as I when I when I signed to Sony when I was fifteen, I um, put the aria chart on my uh, wall and whited out number one and I wrote my name in there. Oh wow. That was my really? yeah, serious. Oh I was I was fifteen years old, so yes, I had like the the Romeo wow. and Juliet. Um, yeah. that was the only other poster I remember I had when I opened the cupboard, but uh, no, I had the visualising the ARIA chart. You were like, wow. that was a mood board, like before mood boards were I just remember having, yeah, I just Goals remember here. having, I, I, I put up the, the, the to the album and single mm. chart mm. and, um, and I, yeah. I wrote my name. Do you remember what the album was? You whited out? I don't know. I, you know, I was just thinking that as I said that. <laughs> but I do remember, because my very, very, very first song and I had when I was like 15, mm. it, it went to like number 62 or something. And I remember thinking, it's okay. It's all right. Hold on. Hold on. I can still see it. We can do it. It's still not bad. Any awkward dates? Dates? Dates. When I was a teenager? Yes. Like, oh, no. I was, you know, I was... Um, I wasn't really dating. I was like, you know, sports and music, sports and music. I was a really sporty girl. And I joined Neighbours by the time I was 16. And 
And then we had the songs when I was 17. Wow. Too busy. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Were Amazing. you good at music at school? Were you like, or not? I was really, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> worry. school, I like to entertain. I had a lot of fun. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> take that as a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I think they were happy that I went to Erinsborough High as my high school. <laughs> but no, I loved my school. I went to Hills Grammar and yeah, I had a great school. Oh, Drake, my friends are still my mates today. Hi, wow, guys. It's gorgeous. Hi, Jack. So good. Hi, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. And all the best with the album and the book and the tour coming up later on as well. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Well, for the past two years, model and presenter Fiona Faulkner has been dreaming of becoming a mum with her fiancé, Hayley, by her side. The two embarked on an IVF journey sharing their personal struggles with thousands online. But it was all worth the wait because the star couple welcomed their son Hunter seven weeks ago. Now, having just flown in from meeting his grandparents for the very first time, Fiona and Hayley want all of you to meet their beautiful baby boy too. Drum roll, please. Here are you, Fiona Haley, and the star of the show, Hunter, ready for his close-up, joins us now. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Hi, Hunter. Seven weeks old. He is. He's yeah. our little bundle of joy. Can you believe it? How are you going? Yeah, good. A little doing... bit sleep deprived. Yeah. We made it here in one piece. Yeah. Just. Whether he'll stay quiet or not, that's another question. But you've got you've got clothes on. You're yeah. Like, yeah. You're going well. We're lucky. Really well. You're lucky we got here. I'm hiding vomit on my shirt. All parents do. It's been quite the journey, Fiona. Um, take us through it. It has. It great. Um, we, I guess, we went through IVF, and um, that took a took a few goes, and um, and now we've got our beautiful bundle. But you know, it's worth every minute, every every needle, every everything to have him here. Definitely. Haley, I think you summed it up nicely on your Insta. You said for two years you were a dream. Mm. Over nine months we watched you grow, and in a second. You stole our hearts. Yeah, it's it's so true because it's such a tough and gruelling journey that mm. you go on through. It's a roller coaster. You have highs, you have lows, and and this one here, like she was just such a warrior through it all. She, you know, through all the needles, through all the. You're getting a bit teary, though. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, but it's just um, and for all people going through IVF, it's a roller coaster journey. But then the second you see them. And oh, that he, moment he, he was put on me, I literally, it's not, not it's something I've never, ever felt before. Seeing him for the first time was like it's a the most love. beautiful thing I've ever experienced. It's you, been... you still get him. Like, I do. Yeah, I like, the yeah, yeah. yeah. The second I think about it, we've, we actually recorded it and I, every time I watch it back or show someone, I like start crying. <laughs> <laughs> so empowering though, the, showing us your journey and taking us through the highs and lows. Um, you visited your mum in Victoria recently. She's just been moved into permanent aged care for she, Alzheimer's. How special has. was that moment to introduce Hunter it to her? It was really beautiful. We got to go home and, and spend her last Mother's Day at home with her, which was really nice. And um, she has gone into care now, which it's best for her and for my dad. It's, you know, he's been her carer for the mm. last couple of years and it's, yeah, she's where she needs to be. But it was a beautiful time for her to meet him and it really brought her back to us when 
and we, whenever she interacted with Hunter, which was beautiful. Yeah. 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 We, Hayley, we know the two of you, you have a podcast together, What the IVF. What the IVF. <laughs> <laughs> um, on it, you, you shared that you were planning a second baby. Mm. Yeah. And now it might be your turn to carry next. Yeah, look, um, we've always been keen to have at least two, possibly three, and... Uh, I guess the perks of being in a same-sex relationship, we get to share the load a bit, so... Um, Your turn. I'll yeah. be going second and probably start trying at the end of this year. After our wedding, yeah. After the wedding, because mm. we figure just get the sleepless nights out of, out of the way as fast as we can, but... Um, wow. And get this little one a sibling, which would be nice, but... Um, yeah, yeah we're, we're really excited. You just don't know what your journey is going to going to involve it's mm. it could be really hard it, it, I could fall first time it's just the, the unknown but um, I'm excited to start and mm. yeah I can't wait to grow this little family yeah. of ours oh it's amazing guys yeah, um, cool. Fiona you've spoken about I mean we've tracked your fitness journey from the very beginning <laughs> right through to now but um, you've spoken about the pressures of bouncing back after giving birth do you yeah. feel that yeah I think there's um, a lot of pressure for women after they give birth to bounce back and I think you know some women can some women do I obviously haven't but I think the focus should be definitely not so much on bouncing back but on just taking care of yourself looking after yourself mm. and and that's a hundred percent what I'm all about now it's just taking it nice and slow hang and on. Well, hang enjoying on. it what do you mean what do you mean you haven't he's seven weeks old I know yeah. oh, no, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I, like, I've got photos. I still can look like I'm pregnant. Like, I just want to share that with other women to yeah. show them that it's normal to still kind of look pregnant after you give birth. Like, that's Abs perfectly normal. Like, we have just given Literally. birth to these beautiful little bundles of joy. And, um, yeah. yeah, so I've just sort of shared that. And I think, like, I saw Fee struggle straight after just looking at her body with a different um, set of eyes, and I was like, babe, you just you just gave birth. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, two weeks ago you looked at, with your, at your body with so much love because you were carrying this one, and then just because you've had him, you're looking at yourself with, you know, like, hard eyes. And I was like, it, it's, you've just yeah, gone through them. Yeah, helped me realise, like, it's okay. It's okay. You, to... You've just given birth, so. I'm like, you're not going to bounce back. 1,000%. <laughs> yeah. Having said that, what about returning to work? Well, I have some really exciting news. I've just become the ambassador for The Healthy Mummy, yeah. which I'm really excited to start my journey to just focusing on health and fitness. Like, I've never been someone that it's about the numbers on the scale, ever. It's more about just getting fit and strong again for this little one and and get, yeah, just... So what is the, what is the Healthy Mummy? What is that? Oh, The Healthy Mummy yeah. is an app yeah. and it's, you know, there's beautiful, beautiful meals. Like, you, we just cooked one last night. Oh, the, so good, actually, The recipes yeah. are amazing. <laughs> there's a... Massive support network online groups with other mummies. Yeah, it's mm. there's fitness, there's health, Got there's your, your mindset, there's at home training, all that kind of thing. It's yeah, it's perfect for. And Haley's actually going to jump on with the healthy mummy yeah. and, um, and do it mummies. with me. I guess we've got our wedding coming up in October, so we will both be healthy mummies. By can, the end of and it. Like, can we look at this? Oh, I got so it from my mama. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Obviously, Haley is the one who dresses him. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't like dressing a mini human in? clothes <laughs> you guys are amazing we've enjoyed so much your journey so far and can't wait to see the future thank you so much yeah, for having us thank you. Thank you so much. perfect little man oh, he so well bubby he he did was on telly and he he was just an angel wave, wave to poppy and Better nana than some of those sydney swans <laughs> debutantes yeah, yeah. Well, since home and away's inception back in 1988 our mate uh, Alf has been the rock really the town needs. But as time has gone on, his duties within Summer Bay House have changed. And now, believe it or not, Alf 
is a grandfather. For the past four years, we've been keeping up with the extended Stewart family following the introduction of grandson Ryder. And as we suspected, these two are just as close off screen as they are on. Raymar and Lucas Radovich join us now. Welcome, guys. Good to see you both. Thank yeah, you. Thank and you. congratulations. This is good. Home and Away has been immortalised on a coin. Ray, this is the best piece of memorabilia in the history of Summer Bay. Well, it's certainly the biggest thing since the hamburger phone. You know, we had a phone. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, right. Certainly the biggest yeah. thing since then, Larry. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's great to have your workplace recognised like this, Lucas. Yeah, right. I know, absolutely. And I mean, it doesn't really fit in my pocket, but it's a pretty fantastic coin. So this is what it looks like? Wow. Wow, take yeah. us through it. Yeah, so we've got the, um, the lovely Palm Beach in the background with uh, the iconic lighthouse, lighthouse the Stewart yeah. Lighthouse. And the beach there, some water. Summer Bay drawn in the sand. Yes, that's right. I'm not sure. That wouldn't even fit. It wouldn't fit in my pocket. No, no, no. It wouldn't no. fit in the ashtray. Larry, the real one will fit in your pocket. Yeah. Oh, 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 this isn't the Oh, I see. Yes. <laughs> this is just to give you the and idea. Is this, is this minted from all your, mel your melted down logies? This is going into circulation, right? This isn't just some sort of souvenir memorabilia coin. It's actually a fed income. Correct, Kyle. Correct. Use it to buy an ice cream with. Well, you could. Half but an ice cream. Yeah, if you have an ice cream. <laughs> if you go into the uh, an Australia Post near you, mm. any one mm. of the three thousand five hundred Australian Post shops out there, buy something, and you could get one of these in your change. There and you of go. course, as well as our as well as our dollar coin, the home and away one, there's things like Victor Lawn Mowers, Akubra Hats, Milo, you name it. There's a whole 26 of them. It's like, it's like the time the, uh, we did the morning show Balinese Rupiah. Do you remember that? Mm, yes, yeah. yes. Mm. nothing. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lucas, on Home and Away, Alf is your grandpa, of course. Yes. Uh, we know the show is all about family. When the cameras aren't rolling, is he helping you out with stuff? Is he your typical grandfather figure, or is that just when the red light's on? Ah. Uh, well, I think you could answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, no. I help him with nothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's honestly fantastic. I mean, well, I've been on the show for about four and a half, four years now, mm. something like that. And um, on and off screen, he's always been very supportive yeah. and he's always someone that I can come to if I have questions about anything, really. But he probably knows a lot more about... Um, about life. About got, everything, really. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm a world authority on those things. <laughs> Except probably cryptocurrency. I, I reckon, Lucas, you probably know more about cryptocurrency than Fair call, Carl. Fair call. Right? That's because you're experienced. Yes. Right. We you mean old? No, experienced, because yeah. listen, we, we can prove it. We went back through the archives. We found some old TV commercials of yours. Uh, let's check it out. This one is for Goodyear Tyres, circa 1983. Whoa. At Goodyear Tire and Brake Service, we've got to reduce our stockpile of new Goodyear tyres. So right through January, with every tyre that you trade in, we'll give you a giant $5. That's our giant January tyre trade-in. <laughs> You sound like Roger 19, Clemson. 1983. <laughs> I don't think I was paid for that. I don't think I was born for that. <laughs> I don't think I should have been paid for that. You've got a real big thing for big currency. Look, it's been following you around your whole life. Okay. Uh, check that we've got another one here. We also have a screen grab. Uh, this is one that you did for Continental Soup. Uh, we'll just got a screenshot of this. Oh. You had, you had a, this is you. Looks a bit like Joel Jackson, actually. I remember that one. You had a beard. It was shot in Tasmania. We had a great time. 
Yeah, <laughs> really good. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Look, it's a couple of uh, former Home and Away stars are back in Australia at the moment. Chris Hemsworth, Isla Fisher. Are they, uh, you think they expect to see them around the bay looking for a coffee maybe? Yeah, yeah, they've been calling me up saying, oh, yeah, we yeah. should hang out, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come to our white party. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Bring the Look, coin. And I missed that memo. <laughs> <laughs> They're obviously both struggling a bit. They'll be back shortly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they need the coin. Yeah. Yeah. coin. You've worked with all of them, right? Is there a sense of uh, pride? You see the actors go out, do their thing on the world stage? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's... Oh, how do you say this? It's, it's really nice when the nice ones kick goals. Mm. And Isla and Chris are two of the nicest, so it, it's absolutely fabulous to see them doing so well. What makes you more prouder of? Is it seeing Chris Hemsworth on Thor or seeing the Goodyear commercial? <laughs> more prouder. Gee, that's a big one. That's yeah. a hard one. <laughs> I think I'm more prouder seeing Chris Hemsworth as Thor. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so, Lucas, in the Bay, your character Ryder is growing up. He has mm. a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. uh, tonight, uh, Alf intervenes somewhat. What can we expect to see? What yes, well, so we've been conjuring up a new business plan. Mm -hmm. um, because Alf has been telling Ryder that he has no direction in his life, which is most likely true. Mm -hmm. You know, he always likes to make sure that we're all in line and, and doing things. But, um, yeah, so me and my girlfriend have come up with a great idea of a food truck, uh, which is fantastic for me because I'm obsessed with food and, and tacos especially. So... Um, this was a very fun storyline to do. Ah, <laughs> oh, terrific. Well, it's always great to see you guys in here, and um, always we like to pay our guests now when they come in. So thank you very much. Thank you very much for coming in. Good to see you. 50 cents each? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just put that down the middle. Yes, don't spend it all at once, Ryder. Right? Yeah. That's probably about what we were. <laughs> so good to see you guys. Thank you very much for having us. on the coin. A morning show one coming soon, I understand. Absolutely. Yes, trippins. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Well, in Australia, almost one in every 10 babies are born prematurely. That is before 37 weeks gestation. Well, thanks to medical advances, more than 90% survive and most go on to develop normally. But there isn't always a happy ending. In 2006, Sophie Smith lost her premature triplets. Henry, who was born at 21 weeks, lived for one precious hour. Evan and Jasper were born three weeks later. Devastatingly, Evan lost his life after 10 days when he suffered from a brain hemorrhage. His brother Jasper held on for an incredible 58 days before his little lungs collapsed. From heartbreak to helping other families, Sophie started running for premature babies, raising millions and helping thousands. Her charity recently welcomed a new ambassador, none other than purple wiggle Lockie Gillespie, whose own twin girls Lottie and Lulu were born prematurely just last year. And we welcome Sophie Smith, the founder of Running for Premature Babies and Purple Wiggle, Lockie Gillespie. Sophie, gosh, that's so hard to even read. It's such a devastating story that you've lived through. Um, take us back to 2006. Thank you. Well, obviously losing our boys was absolutely life-shattering and heartbreaking, but we also experienced the greatest joy and the most beautiful and precious moments with each of them, and that's what I like to remember. I, I treasure every moment we spent together and every experience of being their mum. Amazing. Your strength, your strength is incredible. Um, Lockie, your twin girls are now giggly and cheeky, eight months old, but they did spend a couple of days in neonatal unit. Um, frightening time for any parent, right? Yeah, it was, and we, we did a hospital visit with Sophie the, the other week, and just to see how much 
has advanced how much equipment's there for these these children our girls had little feeding tubes for a few days and that was it so nothing like what some of these babies are facing but the, the equipment now is so fantastic and thanks to Sophie it's through throughout the hospital wards and so it's incredible amazing mm. Sophie tell me how you got the idea for the charity I mean I imagine running would have been something that you needed for your mental health but how did you come up with the idea? Well it was when we were, our boys were in hospital and we actually realised that so much of the equipment that was keeping them alive had been donated and that the hospital relies on fundraising for a lot of their equipment so we decided to run a half marathon to raise $20,000 for one humidity for the hospital and then I decided to I needed some people to run with me so I set out to find people to join us and it kind of took off from there. And now, 15 years later, we've had over 5,000 people run for our cause. $4 million has been raised, and we've directly benefited about uh, 6,000 babies from right around oh, the country. Beautiful stuff. Um, Sophie, we're making huge advances in this area. How do the survival rates compare now to, you know, let's say 15 years ago? Well, when my boys were born at 24 weeks, 15 years ago, they had a 50% chance of survival. Mm -hmm. And today, a baby born at the same gestation has a 75% chance, um, which is just amazing, you know, in that mm -hmm. short time. But these advances have been made possible due to um, research into uh, the care of premature babies and also advanced technology of neonatal equipment. And our charity, I'm very proud, has been able to fund both research and equipment. So, Lockie, as a new dad, how important is this message, this message of hope for you? Oh, it's, it's everything for parents and it's everything for, for, for anyone. But the, it, honestly, the, the ward was just full of, it was full of babies, but it was full of equipment. And it was, it, it's so nice to know that, you know, parents who are, are going through knowing that their, their babies are going to come prematurely are, are, are so much more likely to yes. be okay. Yeah. Sophie, you did go on to have two more sons, Owen and Harvey, but tragically you, you lost your husband Ash in 2016 from brain cancer, right? You're such a beacon of light and positivity and inspiration and motivation for everyone who meets you. Where, where do you get that inner strength from? Um, well, Ash was diagnosed with brain cancer when our fourth son, Owen, was just six months old. And he faced his illness with so much courage. Um, he never gave up and he actually outlived his prognosis by six years. And in that time, we had another son, Harvey. Um, I think that I've learned that even in the very darkest times, there is always light and there's always hope. Um, today, I have two beautiful boys who are 10 and 12 and our charity is growing and more people are running with us and we're be able to support more hospitals than we ever have before. So there's just so much more to do. Yeah, oh, I'm literally getting goosebumps yeah. listening to you. Your strength is incredible. Now, Lockie, you like dance and jump and spin around on stage in this Nancy outfit. How are you going to go running? Well, I've said to Sophie this morning, the best part is it's not just half marathons or marathons. There's fun runs. There's 5Ks. I'm going to start with a 5 Oh, I like 5K. this. That's sensible. Five, you can ease your way into a it. A fun run. Yeah, there's, there's events for everybody. And the best part is you can wear purple, wear the running for premature, uh, premature baby singlet and get out there and have a, have a fun day. You're going to run in a big red car? You're gonna no, I'm definitely going <laughs> to uh, So if you originally set out to raise $20,000, as you've said, uh, you've since smashed that target. We're talking $4 million. Uh, where do you go to from here? Um, well, currently we're looking for people to join us in all and fun runs in um, Adelaide, Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, Brisbane and Sydney. Mm -hmm. We've also got our own virtual marathon in November, which is a marathon open to people of all fitness abilities because you sign up to complete the 42Ks either in a day 
or over a week or even over the entire month of November. And um, so we're hoping to, to get loads of people involved in that. And everyone who raises $50 for our cause uh, will receive a special finishers medal. Um, someday sitting on this couch, I just feel very blessed that we've yeah. met someone incredible. You are absolutely incredible. And thanks for coming in today and sharing your story. Thank thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you, you so much thank for you. having us. Thank you. Such a good cause. Thanks, guys. Now, for more information about Sophie's charity, it's called Running for Premature Babies. Just head across to the Morning Show website. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Back in 2019, there were five drug-induced deaths every day in Australia. This was the fifth year in a row where the number of fatalities is higher than the previous peak in the late 90s. Now, according to the National Drug and Alcohol Research Centre, opioids were the main substance linked to these deaths, with more than 1,000 fatalities. Now, this led to new rules being introduced last year, aiming to curb hospital admissions and loss of life. So today, we're shining a spotlight on opioid addiction, explaining the risks red flags and the road to recovery. And we welcome addiction specialist Dr Mark Hardy back to the studio. Hi Mark, nice to see you. Okay, for people who may not know what we're talking about, when we say opi opioids, what do we mean? So opioids actually a generation of uh, chemicals that originally came from the opium poppy and so were naturally occurring products but over time we've also been able to generate some synthetic opioids and some of them are quite powerful. Mm -hmm. um, opioids themselves are very good for pain relief. They obviously have a role in emergencies, in surgeries and anaesthesia. Um, but if they're used daily, every single day, then the, the power sorts of wears off and you need to take more and more in order to get the same sort of result. And this is where there's a potential for people to become addicted to them. Some experts say that you can become addicted within two weeks. Is that true? Well, that's not unrealistic. In people wow. who have a family history of addiction or have had a personal history of addiction to other substances, uh, we see addiction to these substances within a month. Mm. And so I would heed the two-minute, uh, sorry, the two-week warning very, very closely. Okay, walk us through the signs of addiction. So what, what does it look like if, yeah, if someone's sure. looking? So there are some key signs that we look for for addiction. Uh, using a substance for longer than intended would be one of them, and at higher doses, and that would indicate tolerance. Mm. People who become sick when the medication wears off and they can't get any more, mm. things like with opioids, sweats, anxiety, insomnia, cramps, diarrhoea, they're very common signs, so withdrawal. Mm. And of course, these other behaviours that people engage in to promote the status quo, so using more than they should for longer, seeing more than one doctor, going to more than one pharmacy, these sorts of behaviours are potentially uh, yellow and red flags mm. for addiction. We've been talking about numbers from 2019. The government intervened last year with new rules, um, opioid packaging, sizes halved, uh, also management through the doctor via a view of prescription more regularly. Um, are these working? 
Well, we're seeing people come for referrals for coming off these sorts of medications more and more. So at least in an anecdotal sense, I believe that there is some change and some shift happening here. Mm. It's a little early to say in a statistical sense because these statistics are year to year from financial year to financial year. So we haven't seen the 20 to 21 figures yet, mm. but they'll be uh, very, very uh, carefully watched. And I think we may see some drops over the next year or two. Mm. I'm concerned that unfortunately PBS figures don't always pick up private prescriptions and other ways that people can obtain them. So I guess it's a watch this space scene, mm. but I, I certainly have seen in, in the practice of addiction medicine, more people coming, hoping to come off opioids with our help. Mm. A lot of people with legitimate pain don't abuse medication. So are, are these tighter regulations hurting them? Or is that just the price we've got to pay to tighten this stuff up? Obviously, uh, the problems with using opioids in the wrong way is uh, confined to a small group of people. However, it's not necessarily that even healthy individuals with no mental health problems are going to be able to get off scot-free with addiction mm. when it comes to opioids. So the rules have been made across the board that people need to benefit from them and that they need to demonstrate that these treatments have some use for them in order to continue taking them. Mm. The issue here is that um, these people have had very little notice to come off their opioids and some doctors are now hesitant to prescribe them given these sort of overarching rules mm. that have been placed around opioids. So they've been, and, and I empathise with them, left a little bit in the cold with this mm. um, and they're seeking alternative treatments, uh, some of which don't have necessarily the greatest evidence yet for benefit. What we want to do if we're going to use other treatments such as deep brain stimulation or medicinal cannabis or any of the other sort of novel treatments that people are proposing in place of this, we need evidentiary uh, benefit to be proved before we can say that we should be using these treatments. We don't want to have the same situation occur next year where another treatment's pulled out from under people's uh, feet because mm -hmm. it's not appropriate for them or we can't prove that it works. Doctor, sometimes it's unavoidable. Um, can you give us some... Uh, alleviating concern and safe use guidelines, how to best manage this? So I think um, obviously you need to think about the context for the treatment. Obviously post-surgery is a classic treatment um, mm. paradigm where mm. you'd want to use an opioid, particularly if it was painful orthopaedic surgery on a joint such as the ankle or the knee or even the hip. And, but <laughs> okay, <laughs> with an 18-year-old son who's just had ankle surgery two yeah. days ago. Yeah, so yeah, he's it's in a lot of pain. Mm. It's appropriate for, for, for opioids in the short term after treatment, mm. uh, such as that, and also to, as an aid if physiotherapy is going to be painful to mm. use these treatments. Having said that, he, mm. 20 tablets, and we're being really careful with them, and there's no repeats, and that's the way yes. it's got to be. So I think that's the other essence here that needs to be obeyed, is mm. that the people need to set time limits, and they need to be prepared to stick to them. Mm. You need to make a contract with your doctor, ask lots of questions, mm. be prepared to have that conversation around the potential for yeah. addiction yeah. and say, well, we need a stop date. And when that date comes, um, you need to have prepared for it, brought your doses down and be prepared to step off them. Mm. Otherwise, the scripts can roll on and on. And it's quite innocuous with prescription medication because it, it can happen right under your nose. Yeah, you need the doctors to be very strong right in the first instance. Thank you so much. It's a, it's a huge topic affecting a lot of people. Thank Thanks, Mark. And that's it for another episode of the Morning Show podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Uh, you can find out more info on our website at themorningshow.com.au and you can tune in for more Morning Show fun. That's weekdays after sunrise on Channel 7.